Welcome back to the 10th episode of the Pundits Podcast. In today's episode, we'll go over match week five and we'll recap some points from the first five weeks of the Premier League, along with some international break coverage, and we'll talk about what we think for the upcoming Euros. I'm Sam. I'm joined by Nick, Michael, Thomas, and our special guest today, Brayden. Hello, hello. All right, boys. So first segment, week five recap. We got another, I mean, so many goals this year. Like, I don't know what it is. Like we've covered, it could be VAR, it could just be, you know, all the attacking talent coming in the league. But the first game, which I think is probably the most exciting game we've had so far, the Merseyside Derby, Everton versus Liverpool. This finished two to two. What are you guys saying? Um, I don't know if any of you guys watched it, but as an Everton fan, I kind of felt obligated to. Um, I really liked the game. It was like the first maybe. 20-ish minutes, completely dominated by Liverpool. Um, they were just in their natural-born press and were just eating Everton alive. Um, I don't know. Second minute, yeah. I think there's a cross from Robertson, I believe it was, into Mane, easy goal. Um... And then after that, they continued just doing their thing. And I think it was like the seventh or eighth minute. Um, someone chipped a ball into Van Dyke, and just an absolute disgusting challenge from Pickford. Like, I'm assuming you guys probably saw it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, I know we'll talk about it. More later. Just, too. just yeah. a little controversial. Yeah, There's a lot of talking it's... points from that game. Yeah, there was yeah. the Richarlison red card. Yep. There was that. There was the offsides. It was a good game. Just it was a lot a, of talking yeah, points. This was just a really good game, but obviously mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it's two of the top two teams, and I think at the reason it kind of turned into that is because it attests to everything we've been saying about Everton over the past, what, six, seven episodes since we did our predictions, how we were saying well, Thomas actually, and then the rest of us kind of slowly Thank you. Thank all you. molded towards like we think Everton really be the real deal. And I think that this game kind of just showed it like, yeah, Liverpool, we've seen them better on their day, but at the same time, Everton played to their level and it was just a shootout between two of the best teams in the Prem. And it got to that point where everyone wanted to win so bad. It led to some controversial actions, but overall, two to two, I mean, from a neutral a point of view, of, yeah, it was yeah. a definition of a derby. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it really game. goes to show how much Everton has improved over, you know, over the transfer window, really, because Liverpool were all over them in the first twenty minutes, like Braden said, and Everton were able to step up and hold them to two goals and get a tie, walk away with points. Yeah, yeah. They were I able to. Everton was able to like sustain that pressure multiple times in the game, which kind of showed me, like that they can go against these teams that can attack, 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 and still be able to make really good defensive plays, and the players that need to show up showed up. Like, yeah, Digne, um, shit. Coleman, I think, got hurt, but he was doing really well. Um, and then Keane played really well as well, I thought. Yeah, there are a lot of things I want to say about this game, but I'll wait for later. I do want to yeah. Brayden, very impressive. Waking up at 6.30 in the morning to watch this. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's a true That's soccer right. fan yeah. right there. Brayden is through and through blue-blooded. Let's go. Respect. Right, man. 
Gotta support the boys. All right, boys. Well, moving on from one exciting game to another turned out to be exciting game. I mean, you kind of expect this one to go a little bit different. Chelsea versus Southampton. Three to three. <laughs> Just, again, six goals. I mean, Chelsea, like we've all kind of been talking about, seem to be struggling to get things going. I mean, we saw Werner get off the mark in this game finally, but it's just what's going what's going wrong with them? Like, how is this happening? It's their defense, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I think it was. I think I. I mean, I can't remember if we talked about it, but I think we all kind of said that it might take Werner and the new boys a minute to get used to the prem because it's so much more physical. Yeah, um, and I think Werner and Havertz will both be very good, but I think we're just kind of seeing that the the lack of match fitness from both of them up until now, as they both scored their first Premier League. Werner had two. He scored both of his first his first two goals, and Havertz had, Havertz had one as well. But I think defensively is where they're, where they're struggling. Yeah. I mean, I think like, this is the thing, VB. I know we talked about it. I, I'm going to have to look this up again. But we were talking about Malang Saar, what a good signing that was, and how they we sent think- him on loan. Did they? They finally. Yeah, like I, I think it was in the Portuguese league. I feel like it was like Porto or something. I can't. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, sure. he's on. Yeah, is it so, Porto? Yeah, or... he's on loan at Porto. Okay. But the thing, like, why? Like, what was it for them? Like, why did Sar have to be loaned? Well, out? I think it's because they brought in the brought in Thiago Silva and they wanted the experience yeah. at the back, and I think they wanted to pair him with Christensen because I believe that's who's starting, unless they're playing. Because I know they played three at the back, Thiago Silva's first game, but now that they moved to four at the back, I don't know, to be honest. I think they just wanted the experience back there, and they wanted Sarr to get some more regular first-team first, uh, first team football. I mean, yeah, he's he's our age, so it makes yeah. sense. But I was going to say, he's not that old. No. I'm pretty sure he's like 20-something. Yeah, he's 21. Yeah. Like, but it's just... It's kind of hard, hard to start like, a 21-year-old in the Prem and expect him to do really well, you know? I mean, Mason Mount is 21. He's doing really well. Declan Rice. But, like, you're talking about having to deal with players like Harry Kane, Mo Salah. Yeah. Like, but it's kind of, it's difficult, you know, to try and make that transition. Yeah, I don't know. I think either whatever they did, there's really yeah. no going wrong. Because even if yeah, they do to use him... It's going to end up working out. Yeah, either way, I think he's too good of a talent. But I think... I mean, I think like we just said, like it's kind of just been what we said the whole time with Chelsea, the growing pains and like always after those three signings, their weakness was going to be their defense. Yep. So I think it's just kind of weird. But for now, I think that's kind of what's going on with them. And for a little bit longer, we might be seeing that too. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say on that game, boys? I don't think so. Shout out Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Yeah, boys. All right. The next game, close to my other pundit's heart, Michael Gorgon, City versus Arsenal. Your team lost 1-0. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, dude, it was, I don't know, it was a good game of soccer. It was a very defensive game, both sides. Both goalies had a show. Leno had a lot of saves. Ederson was unstoppable. Could not get anything by him. Uh, only goal for City was a Raheem Sterling goal. Off of a Leno rebound. A great save, first save by Leno, stopping like a point blank shot. However, it happened to bounce out to the top of the 18, straight to Raheem Sterling, slots it in bottom left. Arsenal had plenty of chances, but uh, unfortunately, they couldn't get any in. It just seemed like a midfield kind of game where the ball just happened to be in the midfield the whole time. And 
I don't know. Arsenal need to pick something up, but they're close to second still. They've only lost to City and Liverpool, so hopefully it only gets better for Arsenal going forward. But, you know, City yeah. bounced back and got a eh, kind of lucky win, I guess. There were, some, there were some controversial moments, but after losing to Leicester last week, they needed to win at home. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, dude. I got to say, Sokka, every game I watch him, just gets better and better. Dude, he's so much fun to watch. He just needs to, he needs to score. Yeah, I need to see him score. He needs the confidence I mean, for this season. Yeah, he, dude, he's playing out of his mind, though. He's doing good. Oh, yeah. So much fun to watch. Definitely one of my favorite players on Arsenal to watch. Very exciting stuff, unfortunately. Wasn't the outlook Michael was going for, but we yeah. move. Yeah, we move. A game that was somewhat interesting. Well, it was interesting. It started off a little bit oddly, but mm-hmm. Man United versus Newcastle. United finally getting the result that they need to get. Finally. Not in the most convincing fashion, we could say. It was a tight one all the way to the end, but 4-1 to one to United. What were you thinking? Um, well, I mean, obviously I could talk about this one for a while, but I'll try yeah, to Yeah, you talk a lot um, about United all the time. Yeah. I think um, from my perspective, I was really surprised about the starting lineup that went out because I thought it was pretty weak. No Pogba, no Van de Beek, who I really thought Van de Beek was going to start. Um, yeah, I thought no, he was going to start too. No, no Greenwood for an unknown, unspecified reason. Didn't travel with, with uh, United for the Champions League game tomorrow either. But um, I th- thought it was a good game from United. I mean, not realistically, they should have had the clean sheet. They weren't really threatened too much by Newcastle. The Luke Shaw on goal was unlucky, but I thought it was the perfect bounce back result that United needed. And, you know, they got a tough string of games. And I think you have to, you know, start off with a good win like that to get through those. Yeah. I think, like you said, kind of the positive note they needed moving into the next few games. Mm-hmm. They should, but realistically, like, we can't, like VB said, it wasn't actually a full strength team, but. United honestly should be dispatching a team like Newcastle four to one. Mm-hmm. I so, think the game against uh, PSG will be really good. Yeah, hopefully. And I think I think United have a chance to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean it's not out of the blue. I just think mm-hmm. if they show up and play how they actually should be playing, they'll do fine. But if they come up and play how they did against Newcastle, they'll be fine. Yeah, I think the New, New, how they played against Newcastle for in the in the last five minutes. Yeah, yeah. How they if they come no, up against PSG? How they did play you watch the game? I mean, yeah, but it was still 1-1 up until the 86th. I know, but they i mean—they had the ball the majority of the game. Well, yeah. They definitely they, were creating more opportunities. They definitely looked a little bit better than a lot of the other teams they played is. this season. They, I don't know, and this went. is the only win they actually deserve, I'd say. Yeah, they need to kind of – I like, United, they played – like, yeah, they would survive, but the thing is if we – like, if you want United to be full-flowing United from last season, you need them to start off the game how they finished it. Because if they start off how they did at the beginning of the second half, even not that's especially not enough for a te- to deter a team like PSG. And let's be honest, soccer is pretty a pretty mental game. Although they have Neymar mm-hmm. and Mbappe, like you've seen Neymar get flustered. Like when they're down, yeah, he does stuff that's great. But if they put if they dispatch him two nil in the first half, it's going to be a lot better look for them. So. Tellers needs to yeah. start. I don't know. Personally, I don't think Manchester United's going to be able to handle PSG. Mbappe and Neymar, I think it might be too much. They did it last yeah. season with a week or two, or two seasons ago. With yeah, without team. without Neymar, though. So, you know. They had I'm him, a lot less confident this time around. 
You're a lot less confident. Yeah, I'm more oh, confident. Yeah. Nah, they uh, have Mbappe be a good and Neymar, dude. Like, yeah. It's going to be close. It I will hope, be a good game. Eh. I think it'll be a good game. I'm not going to say close, but good game for sure. Yeah, boys. All right. Moving on to a not-so-high-scoring game, the next two. Sheffield versus Fulham, 1-1. I feel like Sheffield, they're kind of doing what we expected them to do last year. They scored, <laughs> se- they scored two goals, conceded seven. They're just dude. not looking good. Both those teams got their first point. I just I just looked up the standings, yeah, the table. Those are both of their first points of the yeah, season. It's horrible, and they're in oh my game. god! So things are not looking good, dude. Sheffield United Sheffield post COVID is a fucking. It's a shocker, man. It's a yeah, dude, soggy fucking shocker. That's yeah, crazy. Sheffield looked like they were gonna do so well this season too, after the finish and or actually entire season last year. Yeah, it's it's yeah, but, dude. I don't know, boys. It's a tough one. But another, everything. But but look at this. We have Villa in second right now. So yeah, I mean another yeah, game. Two, where do, where do we have Sheffield? Like tenth? Uh, like yeah, or, yeah, there. like eleventh. They probably they might be in contention for like relegation. Depends. They'll pick it up hopefully. Maybe, dude. I saw I saw a tweet. Um, this would have been their seventeenth game since I saw that tweet. But out of their last seventeen games now, they've lost ten, and then they've. Drew, it would be six of those seven now. Wow. So in the last 17 games, they've one won win. one point. Or, I yeah. mean, they've won one game. They got to fix that. something. Another game that I don't really know what to think about, like it's kind of just meh. Palace and Brighton won one yeah. again. All I can Palace say is... Up, I was just say Palace started out well when coming up against United, and now they're just kind of yeah. downhill. I mean, Bright, they're both kind of sitting where we expect them to sit right now, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they progress, but I think Brighton is the stronger team. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. I think it's a mid-table clash. It's kind of what you expect from a team. Two teams like that playing each other, a draw, or someone scrapes out a win. But, yeah. The next game is something. Oh, gosh. Tottenham versus West Ham. <laughs> three to three. Tottenham had a lead for what? Almost 80 minutes. Yeah, 81 or 82 minutes, I think, of the game. Two minutes and then conceded 3 3 because Lanzini <laughs> decided to. Lanzini oh has been absolutely God. tragic for West Ham the past year. Gets subbed on at the same time as Gareth Bale. And then <laughs> goes, you know what? Nah, Bale's not scoring today. And smashes it in from 35 yards out into the top right, bar down. Goal of the season contender. Like, so it was hilarious. Right I was laughing my ass off. I will say that. I was laughing so hard, and I wasn't even surprised. I was just, I was just enjoying it. It's the first time ever in Prem history a team has come back um, from three 0 down after the eighty first minute. Wow! <laughs> they looked like we they were going to run away with it too. We, we literally said that in the in the group chat. We were talking about it. I can't remember if it was me or Michael. And I was like, imagine if Tottenham tie this game. Totally. I always think that whenever Tottenham's <laughs> up by any yeah. amount, I think they're going to bottle it immediately. Yeah. And that's why I'm not, that's why I wasn't really surprised. I mean, as surprised as I was, I, <laughs> that's Tottenham yeah. for you, dude. That is, that's the definition of Tottenham. Yeah, and I agree. Gareth Bale could have put it away to that game. He had oh, yeah, such yeah. a great chance to make it 4 2. It's just but, unlucky, but I think we're going to talk about this later in our next segment. But I think we got to move on from that unfortunate draw for Spurs. Villa versus Leicester. I was super excited for this game. Unfortunately, Jamie Vardy did not play, 
Villa came out 1-0. They, there's something in the water with them right now. They are having a good time. They just look like they're having fun all What's the time. What's crazy, too, is that they have they have a game in hand, too. So if they play this next game and win, they'd be in first. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. we all had them, like, 16th or 17th. Uh, you guys oh, yeah, for sure. relegated Villa, just so you know. I was the only one that had them staying up. Oh, yeah. Look at us. You had them staying up by one, by one. position. Okay. You had them in 17. Yeah, man. <laughs> don't them act all... Uh, they shouldn't even be up. They should. <laughs> From last year? And, well, no, I, I know what you mean. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, care, they technically they're shouldn't be up. They should be in dude. the championship. I'm they're, glad they're up. I'm glad they're up. They're playing well. I love it. Oh, it's, it's what the league needs. It's what we need. We not we need another. All right, boys. West Brom versus Burnley, another just bottom end of the Premier League clash. Hell no. So boring. Two shit teams. I took so a nap boring. during this game. Yes. Yeah, nice I I Imagine being a West Brom fan. Right. <laughs> I mean, shout out Seb Sam. Oh my gosh. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> All right, boys. Next one, a game that I was so excited for. Wolves versus Leeds. Two of the most expensive teams in the league. I had Leeds. I was so surprised. I was so surprised. That's not how I saw the game going at all. No. Man, it was good, though. I can't even lie. Yeah, it was really fun to watch. They were just two teams going at it. Shot for shot. Oh, man. A great 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 1-0, though. Yeah, it it looked like there should have been more goals in it, but it was overall just... A great week. It was a really fun Dude, game to watch. You can't not root for Leeds. Like, you can't oh, not yeah, cheer for them. Yeah. And that's the best part about them. Just watching. Yeah. Like, Wolves and Leeds are probably the two teams that I hate the least in the prep. No, they're just fun. They're just, yeah. yeah. Like, that's just what I made love, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like Villa, but I'm just saying. Leicester, and, I don't like, I don't like, I love Leicester. I said they're fun to watch because they're never really like the favorites against any of the big six. They pull results. I think everybody Big likes Jamie Leicester Vardy, because of when they won the league. I just like Jamie Vardy. I like Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy could have gone anywhere. Like, no team. And he chose to stay. He, yeah, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to any team yeah, he wanted. He could have been at Barca. He could have been at Real Madrid. But yeah, dude carried it. Only a Brit. A low team. Yeah. Do you guys... Jamie Vardy. What? What was that? What's up? Who said something? Somebody cut out. It wasn't me. Uh, you were going to say something, and I said... Yeah, I was going to say, do you think if um Conte and Mares stayed, or uh, they could have won more titles, the three yeah. of them? Yes. Oh, no yes. About it. Kidding? I don't know. Yeah. What? Easily. Yeah, I mean, I'm just asking. I agree. Oh, I just yeah. wasn't sure what you guys thought. Oh, for sure. No yeah, doubt. no doubt. Especially with Mares, too. Yeah. yeah. Conte's oh, yeah. not as good as he was. He's still good, but not it as just good. Comes down Mares to the money is just getting point. better. Well, Conte's just having a like a tough time right now. He came off an injury-struck season. I think we're still yet to see the best of Conte. Or he's going to be back to what he was, at least. He's still crazy good. But... Pretty close. Yeah. All right, boys. Moving on to our second segment. What are we thinking? The first five weeks, we've seen it all. We got Villa in second, Everton in first. We've seen Virgil Van Dyke go down with an with an injury. It's just everything's going all over the place. Everything. We're in the upside down. Yeah. I think the first thing we need to talk about Villa. You can't say they haven't surprised every single one of us. No, they have. Are we gonna go and say you know we were just talking about it? We need another Leicester miracle type thing. What are we saying? Like, what are the, what are we saying? Chances of them actually winning the league or 
it's to get too early. Well, it's too early to say, but like if they all they need to do is just keep picking up points and they don't I know, but we're only five weeks in. But they they've played good te- they just played another they played another topic. They've played team. good teams, you're right. They've only allowed two goals and those both came from Liverpool. Yeah, their their schedule gets easier and then they have a stretch of four or five games where I think it's City, Arsenal, United and Spurs or something like that. But their schedule is oh not gosh. like it's getting easier. So Dude. they can, if they keep picking up early points, they could go into January in a very, very good spot if they just keep playing. Yeah. Dude, as long as they play good against these uh these like top six teams, I think they could be in contention for European football. No yeah. problem. No problem. I, it's crazy, but it's too early. I think it's too early, but I think that they keep like you can't count them out. I think it's. Yeah. I don't think no, they'll I'm win. Not the saying league, that, but but I don't think they'll. Win the league. Really I don't think they're going to get Champions League. But I, if they get European football, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing to me. I think Ross Barkley in the midfield kind of allows McGinn to sit further back, and he's McGinn's been sensational. Jack Grealish is kind of him and Harry Kane are kind of doing the same thing. They both are the. Oh, yeah, dropping yeah. back, dispersing the ball, yeah. and just drawing people away. And it's just, I don't know, it's just yeah, working. But what Look. happens when you get an injury? What do you sub in for those guys? Hey, you don't have any depth. You just make I, it work at that point. Yeah, no, but most of their squad has experience in the Premier League. No, yeah. I get that. But I mean, Ollie Watkins, Jack Grealish, uh, Barkley, Tyrone Mings, those are all like the main people in that team. If VDB, what you do when Bruno, when Bruno gets an injury? Yeah, what happens? Sub in Vandebeek. Vanderbeek's okay. not Bruno. Not, not saying true. he is, but he's definitely true. closer than anybody else than the, I mean, the people they have. It's, it's any team of an injury, it's going to suck, but I think... I understand that, but Liverpool won the league last year because they had the depth to sub in people like Origi and Milner. Milner's not top tier, but... I mean, he's... I know. I'm, I'm just, just telling you, you my opinion. Over a lot of people on some That's of my point. Teams. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Board, I feel like you can make that board. argument for ninety. You can make of the that for in the Premier League for sure. Yeah. So, but it's still a valid argument. One injury is going to well, get okay. totally that, destroy their. Man flow. United has Bruno. Man United has Bruno right now, and they've played as many games as Villa, and they're in fifteenth place. They're also again. They have not played. Oh yeah, they have. Yeah, they played just as many yes, games as have. Villa. Yes, they have. I was wrong. Second. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying. Villa's in second off the same amount of games. I don't know. It's. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But like VDB's right again. Like injury, like we saw it with Leicester, they dealt with it. But obviously, they take it. Let's back. let's go around real quick. Who thinks Villa is gonna finish top half? Sam, start top half yeah. or top four? Top half, yes. Top half. Top, top half, half yes. yes. Top yeah. half. VDB, you think is gonna finish top half? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see him finishing in like ninth or tenth. Yeah, I can yeah. see him at least. They're not top four. I can see them European no, in the Europa League. Flight stretch. Yeah. I yeah, I think Villa aren't gonna win the league. They're not gonna finish Champions League. I don't think they'll scrape Europa League. Unfortunately, I'd love to see it, but I think they're gonna do really well and kind of shock everyone for what we thought because people kind of had them going back straight back down. It could be a seven to ten team for sure. Top four yeah. is possible. Say it. <laughs> Top four is possible. I love it, Mike. I love it. All right, moving on. To- I'd say so. I think it depends on how much uh, or how big of an impact Virgil Van Dyke has, or the absence of Virgil Van Dyke rather yeah. has on the Liverpool. Side. I mean, that's one top four player possibly out of it now. Yeah, exactly. That It'll be interesting. Space for the powerhouse like Villa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boy. <laughs> moving on to kind of weaning off, not weaning off, staying on that whole title talk. Are Tottenham title favorites even after blowing a three 0 lead? Spurs have looked 
Very, very good. Mike, you can laugh all you want, man. You said Tottenham title favorites in the same sentence. Title favorites? I don't I don't think they've ever been title favorites this season yet so far, man. I still want to think they're title favorites if they're fucking three games ahead. Like jeez. They could have signed Messi in the offseason. I wouldn't call it. Dude, they'll find a way to they'll find a way to fuck it up. I mean you're not wrong. But I mean I I think they are. Yeah, I they're they're definitely up there. They've scored 15 motherfucking goals. There's, there's no way Harry Kane's just going to – this form between Kane and Son is just going to drop off. I don't Harry know Harry Kane has five so goals in five goals, seven assists in five games. Yeah, but they at least have like a backup in Vinicius no. who they just yeah. went out and got, And he's, which is my point yeah. for Villa is that they don't have anybody good enough as their starting lineup to come in and make yeah. that change. Yeah, I don't know oh, if you guys – I mean, I don't know – Top four spot, but I don't. I don't think they're title favorites by any means. Yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's a hard year to kind of choose a title favorite. But I don't know who was watching that game. But when they subbed on Gareth Bale, um, they were like, "I bet Lucas is kind of angry, you know, not coming off the bench, not starting, blah blah blah." And they rattled off the bench for Spurs. They have depth, dude. They have. It's crazy. They could start their second team and still beat half the Premier League like or like on paper, but it's just they read off their they didn't even have Deli Ali in their reserves that you game. Start your first team and beat half the Prem first. I mean Michael, they're they're doing it. They're they're playing well, man. So oh, yeah. it's just kinda crazy, but I think there's yeah, I don't know three goals. I don't know. All right, dude, you lost six one to them, Thomas. They yeah, picked against you West apart. Man. They picked you apart and made you look like toddlers. Yeah, Tottenham have the ability to do that. I'm just saying, but, but it's the bottom ability too. Yeah, that's it's both. But I just think that bench is kind of setting them up on paper, or like you kind of got to take it out of what it is right now. I think they're going to do better than we all thought, but we'll see about the title because the title's going to be with regardless. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a serious definitely game. better than we all I thought. I think City's been pretty mediocre. Meh. Yeah. At best, City's, City's been mad. City's been mad. Liverpool just lost their arguably their best player. Yep. Villa and Everton have been a shock, but yet again, like I said, they don't have much depth. And I think next up would be, I think, I think Tottenham and Leicester. Spurs, dude, uh, not Spurs. I think Everton have a better chance of winning the league than Spurs do. Is that your unbiased opinion? Oh yeah. Yeah. Why Everton? Like, why do you think that? I think Richarlison's going to have a breakout season this season, especially with the likes of Hamas Rodriguez getting balls. Hasn't he only scored one Eric, goal so far? And it was yeah, but Timo Werner didn't score till literally yeah, two days Timo ago. Werner, yeah, but Werner's yeah. better than Richarlison. And usually Richarlison's up. I don't know. Richarlison's usually playing like this left wing cam thing that they've had him at. He's usually striker. Well, yeah. Richarlison isn't playing to his best that we know and we've seen before, and that's the exactly. thing. And they're still in first. Yes. Yeah. I, they're in second. and covered Lewin. Yeah. yeah, but at the beginning of the season, we talked about it. We said we thought Richarlison was going to be the one to score all the goals. We didn't even yeah. talk about. We didn't even mention okay. Calvert Lewin. No. Yeah. And look at look no. at where they are right now. I, I don't think it's said. a depth thing. Even, I, it's just a. I think it's a team thing. No, and later in the season, it's a huge thing. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, especially like we were saying, like obviously we can like Villa are doing it like. They have a few new additions, but they've done it without like they've got results without depth before. But when it comes down to it, they they're gonna need players because like if Hame drops with a serious yeah. injury, he cr- I'm pretty sure he creates over half of their chances every game. 
Yeah, so sure you lose like Two there's not a times. single player that can pick up the slack in that team. But so I would be more that team about, I would be more concerned about Tottenham dropping points against a team like West Ham mm-hmm. than yeah. one of my players getting injured. If I'm at, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like I know, yeah, they, I know. They you they mean. The the Tottenham, for whatever reason, just can't close out certain games. They, I don't know yeah. if it's they get comfortable or what, but there's certain games that happens time and time again where they can't close it out and they end up dropping points. Yeah, I don't know. I think we'll see it, but it's hard to say. I think but I think they're. I think the rate yeah. it's going. I think they finish top, top three. Yeah, they have a good a shot as anyone this year, no question about it. And especially, Bale came on for what twenty something minutes. Yeah, he's not even fully fit. And he, the dribbling that he did to get that chance was kind of it was crazy. Yeah, that and was then he 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 was falling over when he took that shot, but. I think you give that to Bale in two, three months. I think he bags that goal and the game's different. Oh, so. No doubt. Yeah, no. If he gets yeah, no comfortable again, I... that's in the back of the net before you yeah, know he's shooting. Crazy. Yeah. Kind of continuing on this Spurs contingency, What are, do we think Harry Kane is a favorite to win the Golden Boot? Like we said, five games, five goals, seven assists. I what mean, he certainly can be, but that depends yeah, how uh, Calvert Lewin and Danny Ings go about the rest of the season. Yeah, I, do, I just. The role that he's there's playing. There's a lot of big goal scorers this season. There's a lot of big goal scorers this season. Yeah, I think there's a lot of Kane goals this season. Be up there, no doubt, but there's a lot of competition. Yeah, no, I, I think that the advantage that Kane has. This is another thing that I noticed during the game against West Ham I mean, for the first eighty, first eighty-one minutes. Kane, like we see, like I said, Jack Grealish does this all the time. You're like halftime watch Villa. You're like, why is Jack Grealish? 30 yards into his own side, picking up the ball. Harry Kane has been peeling out from the number nine, coming back to the top of the circle or even almost their half, picking up the ball, carrying it forward, playing passes. And it just creates space because the center backs are who's supposed to be marking him. And the center midfielders typically have assignments. So then it's just, it's just Harry Kane wandering in space, picking up the ball, taking shots. Like we saw him hit the post from the top of the arc, picking up the ball just in open spaces where Harry Kane is usually running into the front post, running the back post, getting the ball in the box. He's just picking up in deeper positions. And I think people don't know what to do half the time. So I think that him receiving the ball way more than just the classic number nine gives him a little bit of an advantage. But like you guys say, lots of goal scores. It'll be really interesting to see. Well, just for reference, uh, Son, is in, Son and Calvert-Lewin are tied for first with seven. Salah's sitting at third with six. And Kane and Vardy are tied at, uh, with five. Right now. Yeah. Okay. And Sun scored four of those goals in one game. Yeah. Yeah. That is a big thing. I don't know. I think I think Calvert Lewin, Vardy, Kane, and Salah are gonna be the main race up there. Well, it's kinda yeah. how it is. Yes. I think Sun will fall off. I think he'll still be as yeah. good as he is, but he's not I don't think. No, the goal scoring's gonna, gonna, gonna fall off. It's gonna yeah. I mean, there's a lot of goal scorers that aren't scoring or putting up the regular numbers too i mean timo werner we think is gonna hopefully start to pick up the pace and catch up to the golden boot race i i wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the golden boot race give it five ten weeks yeah i don't know there's a lot of time to go i feel i mean uh, abamyang has been a golden boot contender for the last three years ever since he came into the premier league he's on a rough start right now one goal this season but they even players like Rashford and Martial too. They were up there too. Oh last yeah, season. there are a lot of players that have historically in the last few years been contenders that aren't up there now. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. So, to see, but... A lot of, I mean, same with the standings. A lot of things can change. So we'll see. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, he's got a good shot, though. Good, good he's shot. All right, boys. Kind of moving on to the opposite of things here. The bad news in the Premier League, the not-so-exciting well, – or exciting if you're not a Liverpool fan. Um, what what's, what's Liverpool's outlook for the rest of the season after losing Virgil van Dijk? Tor, confirmed, tore his ACL out for a predicted eight months. So it, rest the rest of the season gone. No Virgil van Dijk for Liverpool. It's Joe Gomez and someone. What are they? What's it looking like? I think it'll be Gomez and Matip. Yeah, yeah. maybe Matip. They played really well. Like after after uh, Van Dyke got subbed off, and they put Joe Gomez, and they both of them played really well together. I thought. Yeah, I mean Joe yeah, Gomez. Think, well, this is a big loss, but I don't think that you're you know nervous that everything's going to fall apart now. Yeah, I don't know. I think Klopp's too composed for it to happen. Exactly. And I think we've even yeah, seen the likes of uh, Sepp Vandenberg come in in cup games look really solid. So, I mean, he goes to the bench, you move Matip in, who's pretty experienced. And then, I mean, Joe Gomez has been, he's pretty young still, but he's just been being groomed, studying under Van Dyke. And I think, I mean, I think this is a chance for kind of Joe Gomez to kind of be like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to be like, he could, if he proves himself, he could be thought of as one of the best center backs in the prem at the end of the season. He's got I eight think of, months to prove himself. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got eight months to be the star of the show and kind of show everyone what's up. So, if, if he improves and Van Dyke comes back, next season's gonna be super scary. But I think it kind of rests on Joe Gomez's shoulders. Unfortunately, for a 22, 23 year old, that's probably not the most saddest, like the best feeling for them. But I think if he can prove himself and step up, I think they'll be fine. But do you um, do you think with this opportunity that he's getting, do you think he's gonna be the um, number one starter for England in the Euros? If he has a good season, I think. I yeah. think it'll be against with Maguire, to be honest. But unfortunately, yeah. But there's a very good chance of proving. Yeah, I think good, it'll be him Maguire. He's already one of Southgate's not. I mean, not favorites, but Southgate likes him, chooses him the team. So, I mean, I don't. There's no reason for Southgate not to start him if he has a good Who season. Are they playing it's in his own hands. Uh, it might be John Stones, unfortunately. Stones. Okay. I couldn't remember, so yeah. I thought it was Stones, but I wasn't sure. Um. Yeah, that's a huge loss, though, for Liverpool. Yeah. They're definitely not going to be the same. No. By any means. But, I mean, you still have Bobby Firmino, Mo Salah, and Sadio Mane, who can consistently get you goals. Is like, it just me, or do you guys... I, I really think Firmino's kind of ass, to be honest. He hasn't been playing very well. <laughs> that's just me. He's a very quiet player, but he's yeah. on the field. I guess, in numbers-wise. Like, I know why he's on the field, but... I guess... I know, I know what you're saying, though. I don't I, understand. I, I don't get an all-out goal scorer. Like, why do you not go – if you have the money for Werner and you're linked with Werner, why do you not go get somebody – I'd rather have a starting three of Werner, Salah, and Mane than Firmino in there. <laughs> Firmino's better than nothing, though. Yeah, no, I agree. But Definitely. I, I mean – I like yeah. Firmino off the ball. Yeah. He may not score as many as you think he should, but I don't know. I think he's pretty he's important good. to their. He's, he's he fits in. He fits into. Yeah, he fits no, he into what Liverpool does. need up top. I agree. Right? I and the rest of the team. I think if he's anywhere else, though, he he's not good. No, he's. He, he, I don't think he yeah. can play. To be honest, like no VDB. I am. Uh, I'm looking at the team for England. They they've been playing five in the back and uh, Maguire, Coady, and Walker. Ooh, I saw something, Sam, about them talking about moving uh, Trent permanently to midfield. Oh, gosh. Do you remember Man. us talking about that? We, we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. and he, he wasn't in. 
he is in the squad, but he didn't play that game. But I mean, the thing is, when you look at the whole, like just the England's outlook in general, and I mean, Liverpool's got a big contingency of this. They played Phillips, Deccan Rice, and Mason Mount in the midfield. And that doesn't even include Jordan Henderson. I mean, Trent, if I guess, Grealish, Sancho, James Ward-Prowse, who's been very good for Southampton. There's just, the midfield is kind of spoiled, not spoiled. Like he's, Southgate has choices to make, and it's going to be impossible for him to fit all of them. So I don't know if that's even the best idea for the England team is to just stick Trent in. I was talking midfield. more about for Liverpool, but yeah, you could do that oh, for England too. For Liverpool, they're talking yeah. about putting them in? Well, for both, but I was talking more I about mean, because that's what we were talking about. Yeah, but I mean, I think either way, I mean, it could be interesting, but I think for Liverpool, it could be a good idea. But for England, it's I think, I think that gets delayed a little bit with Virgil van Dijk out since you're not as solid on paper in the back. Yeah. Yeah, but Trent's not really a really big defensive guy. But he's he's good. He is no, good. He's definitely he's more attacking. He is. So. He's definitely more attacking, but he's such a disciplined defender. I think he's more attacking because they have Virgil van Dijk in the back who you can rely on to tackle 98% of balls. Yeah, but I also think Robertson on the other side is kind of the perfect compliment because as much as he runs forward, if you've ever seen that dude chase after, if you've ever seen that dude chase after someone, it's yeah, the dude doesn't stop. So I I think it'll be interesting. Like I said, Joe Gomez steps up, Liverpool will be okay. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just a matter of unfortunately. Yeah, never Liverpool will be bad. I wish. You just can't really say that the team's too good. Yeah, I fucking wish, but it'll probably just knock them down to, like, third. Yeah, they might, they <laughs> they might finish second this year. Yeah, yeah no, or okay, they're yeah. going to win it, but, but it's actually going to be a close title race this year. Yeah, yeah. it's going to yeah. change it to yeah. a close title exactly. race. Exactly. It, yeah, they're still first, but they're just not yeah, going to win it, it by 20. But only by yeah, 20 points. Guys, they're yeah. only winning by 19 this year, not 22. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> All right, boys, moving on to, uh, I mean, I guess the other title favorites that we talk about quite often. Man City, like you said, that game was 1-0. Um, Kyle Walker had a very controversial high kick on Gabriel in the box. It was disgusting. He's using this title favorites real loosely here. Man. Yeah, title yeah. favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I thought you were talking about Arsenal, not going to lie. On paper, title favorites. I thought you were talking about Arsenal. On paper, they've been playing like shit, but before the season started, title favorites. They, I do pre-COVID title favorites. Pre-COVID title. Pre-COVID. This high kick on Kyle Walker was in the box. Off the, it was a, it was a chip ball to the back, and it is just bad. It was kind of the same area of where the Van Dyke foul happened, just a little further up. And Kyle Walker is just, it's perfect header height for any player. And Kyle Walker is jumping two feet off the ground, one foot in the air, probably eight inches away from Gabriel's head when the ball's in the middle. It's yeah, I mean, dangerous play. Yeah, yeah, he's like you said, he's jumped up in the air. His leg is parallel with the field, and his foot is at a 90-degree angle with the stud showing mm-hmm. right at the same level as as Gabriel's head. But yeah. even if even he didn't he didn't hit him, but still even that, that's endangering the safety of a player, and I think that's a red card. Yeah, yeah, no, Gabriel's bad. going in for the header the on the corner. The ball is on Gabriel's head, touching his head, and Kyle Walker's foot is touching the ball, which is touching Gabriel's head. If you can picture that mm. in your head, that's pretty dangerous and definitely worthy of a yellow card 
It's yeah, sure just so you get an idea of how high the ball is in the air, it is at Kyle Walker's shoulder level, who is mid-air. He is jumping at least a foot and a half off the ground. And the yeah, ball so it's is probably still about at his shoulder seven, seven and a half foot in the air. Because Kyle Walker's six foot, and I believe Gabrielle's taller than that. So it's just Oh yeah. Gabrielle's like yeah. six foot three. Six foot he's yeah, a so huge this ball, guy. And he's uh, he's off the ground too, Gabriel. Or yeah, maybe he's he's just, just, he's, but he looks almost, like he's off the ground. Yeah. Going for a header, like off a corner kick. Yeah, it's probably about seven foot in the air, and Kyle Walker decided to ninja kick it. The worst part about this is not only did the ref ignore it, but VAR completely ignored it. Not The the ref didn't even go to look at it. It's a penalty inside the box, a possible foul, for sure, looking at it, but obviously the ref didn't think so. In the box, that should be reviewed. No doubt. The person sitting it at should. the camera should tell the ref, hey, maybe uh, you might want to wait up on this goal kick and check this out for a second because that's, yeah. a, that's a penalty kick. And but that yeah. is the, the difference between the this game being 1-0 and 1-1. Yeah. yeah, the way the rules are written in the Premier League around VAR is that they can only review plays if it's a goal-scoring like opportunity. Yeah. So that's why they mm-hmm. didn't review it. In other leagues, like the MLS, for example, where VAR is implemented really well, so VAR ref literally can do that and say, hey, wait, hold on. You might want to take a look at this, regardless well, of what the situation is. On I'd the say it was a goal-scoring opportunity. Gabriel hit a header straight on goal from a corner kick. That's why yeah. they didn't review the Van Dyke one, though, right? Because they called it offside. It wasn't a goal. Yeah, it wasn't that's a goal-scoring opportunity. But that's exactly. The refer- the VAR should 100%, just like in other leagues, be able to talk to the center ref and say, hey, hold on. This is a clear and obvious mistake. You just didn't see this right. Yeah, and I've seen Take that. I've look. seen that high kick call called so many times, and it's For always sure. called too. Like they used high to call kick it is, against high us. High kick is one of the most consistently called like penalties because it's so obvious. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is probably one. Yeah, it's so obvious to tell when it's a high kick. Like you can tell when it's dangerous when someone Dude, studs. Your foot should not be yeah. studs up at your shoulder when you're mm-hmm. jumping in midair. Yeah. He's literally doing a fucking Bruce Lee karate kick to <laughs> Gabriel's head. Yeah, if the ball isn't there, that studs straight to Gabriel's face. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no yeah doubt. it's bad. It's a bad, bad look. It's, it's bad. But, you know, it's that Manchester City oil money somehow working yeah. through the league. <laughs> Conspiracy. Good luck yeah. trying to find a picture of it online. We try to find the video clip of um, Kyle Walker. It's because he's English. It. It's because he's English. Yeah. Go to the dailycanon.com. And it is one of their live and latest articles. You can go ahead and look at it. It is say that website one more time. Dailycanon.com. Dailycanon.com. I just looked up Kyle Walker versus Arsenal. And it's just, I don't know. Cannon spelled the British way. Yes. C-A-N-N-O-N. Yet again, we're here talking about VAR, all the problems, the injuries to Van Dyke, and now the questionable high kick from Walker. What needs to change to protect the players from stuff like this? everything I, I mean but he's right like literally they need to okay so i don't know obviously i don't know what goes on in making and rewriting the rules in the premier league but i feel like over the last few seasons with var how long has it been in the prem now has it been like four or five years yeah yeah some something like that but they have this experience they know what doesn't work people are publicly pointing out what's wrong the second it happens. They have all this experience. They need to sit down at the end of the season and really flush out the rules because they're poorly fucking written. Yeah, poorly like, written. Yeah. 
I feel like they try that and then they add rules and then that just creates even more controversy and problems. They can't they can't they, add rules. They need to rewrite the rules that they have. They need a common sense type of rule. They need exactly. they need the ref to be able to one look at it. They need someone to be able to tell the ref immediately, "Hey, you need to look at this. I don't care if it stops the game for 30 seconds. Run over here, look at the screen. If you don't agree, just keep the game going." But and when it comes to the call, like the Van Dyke call, the Pickford call, I get their circumstances like his offsides wasn't even like, I play all that well but, as the rules were written well, that's hold on, the correct call now you go nick well i was gonna say that you should keep going but i was gonna say offsides or not i don't understand how that's not considered a dangerous they play i mean pickford's got because both of his feet after the play hold on he's got both of his feet feet off the ground and studs up i don't care if it's after the play it's like but saying, how the rules are written, it's not a foul because it's after the play, and that's how the rules are written, and that's the issue. Yeah, they yeah. need to be able to look at that. You're right, it should be a red card, they should be looking at that. It should be a penalty and a foul and a booking. It, they should be able to look at that. But how the rules are written right now, since they're written so poorly, since his fucking arm was offsides, his literally his fucking right elbow down was can offside, we... it's not a foul. Wait, I don't know if we have this in here, but can we, including this, can we talk about how fucking Mane was offsides on that last goal? Oh, yeah, there's no What the way, hell is bro. that? His elbow? Like, come yeah, on. And dude. that wasn't even offsides either. Exactly. <laughs> it's just I, ruining the that game. Doesn't under, that, I don't understand it because they decide these offside calls by a body part that isn't even legally allowed to touch the ball. Exactly. Dude, it, it should be your Think body. About Fuck that. your limbs. If you like, can't, Fuck your limbs. If it's it, not clear or obvious, how are you changing it? There's no if, way the ref is ever calling that, ever. Yeah, if his elbow's offsides and the ball touches his elbow because it's offsides, that's a handball anyways. Who cares that his arm was offsides? Like, exactly. it should be his body, his self, like just his body. Feet. The arm shouldn't do anything. Yeah. The arm shouldn't have anything to do with it. I agree. I think this the whole thing needs to kind of get a little revamp. Not even a revamp. It just needs to be... I they need like to go back into the rules, make them more clear so it's not like like Michael said, elbows don't they're not playable. Why does it count? It doesn't yeah. make sense. It, he's not gaining an advantage from having an illegal part of his body offside. Yeah, his body is not offside. Yeah. His it arm, seems like we yeah, you're exactly right. He's not gaining any type of advantage. It seems like we talk about this every season too. So at one point at what they don't point do you can fix it? No, I agree. So at what point do you think the players and like the fans eventually say like this is enough, like something needs to change because it's Maybe ruined it's ruined the game. Like Liverpool yeah, literally that game. got just got hurt. For, out for the season, Virgil Van Dyke, one of the most popular players in the Premier League, is one of out most for eight players months. In the world, yeah, the because of a rule that the Premier League implemented this season. They yeah. implemented this season that you keep playing; the game doesn't stop, even if they deem someone offsides. And because of that, players, big names, are getting injured. Yeah. There's no reason Pickford so I think, doesn't get a red card on that. Day. No, he according to the rules, yeah, there's there's no way he should have kept playing that game. According to the rules, no. Yeah, no, right call, but yeah. that's why you need some sort of common sense rule in there. A ref needs to look at that and say, yes, according to the rules, that's not a card. But if you look at it, these players were still playing their hardest in that time. Like, they're supposed yeah. to keep playing, even if they're it's outside. They're playing the game. Yeah, yeah, they're playing the game. And Pickford's still going in, both feet like that, is a red card. I don't care that it's offsides. Don't give a penalty. Give a red card. Don't yeah. give a penalty. Call the offsides. Still give a fucking red card. It's, they're still both playing. 
Yeah, if you want if you want the players and you expect the players to keep playing even though a player is offsides, you need to or you need to discipline things that happen after the offside part of the play. You're yeah. telling them it's still part of play. There's too many loopholes in the rules every year, and yet they still don't find a way to fill them, fix those mistakes. There's loopholes every single week, especially this this year. We're finding controversy every single week, like you yeah, just mentioned. Something new. Oh, it's something new, episode, man. and somehow teams are able to expose a loophole every week, which if, that shouldn't be happening. It's like we're doing a fucking NFL podcast with all these <laughs> shitty rules, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, unfortunately, I think we got to move on. Well, actually, fortunately, I don't like talking about it. I think it's horrible that VR is still this bad. Let's move on. International break. We're going to go through the games of the Nations League, which is for the European teams. And we'll kind of talk about what we're thinking for, like, what this means for the Euros, how teams are looking. So first, I'll rattle through the games really quickly. So Poland versus Bosnia was 3-0. Poland, obviously, Lewandowski kind of carries that team a little bit. Italy versus the Netherlands is one to, was a one-to-one game. Italy's on, up, yeah, Italy's on the come up. Van de Beek and the Dutch are, I mean, not Van, Depay, everyone. They got a good squad. Two good games going at it. England versus Denmark. Um, <laughs> Reese James got a red card. We lost 0-1 to one at Wembley. Not Wait, a good they squad. had two reds in that game? Yeah, Reese James got one too. <laughs> Iceland <laughs> Belgium, kind of surprising. Iceland bagged a goal. One to two against Belgium. I mean, Hazard's. I don't know if he's been playing injured or what, but Lukaku he Lukaku scored twice. Lukaku scored twice. He's back mm-hmm. on it, boys. He's been Croatia on it. versus France World Cup final rematch. One to two. France Very is close, still continuing to be France, man. They're too good. Next game is Portugal versus Sweden, which was three nil to Portugal. No without surprise. Ronaldo too. Without Ronaldo, no surprise there. So what are we saying based on these results and kind of the whole outlook of the Nations League? What are we saying? Like, what's the outlook for the Euros? Who who do we think our favorite is to win France. the Euros? No doubt, it has to be France. Still, I mean, <laughs> you can't. You yeah, can't they're not getting. I like Belgium indeed. too. I think France yeah. or Belgium. I don't. I think Belgium. Like Hazard's been lackluster. I mean, yeah, but they still have so many other people. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting if Hazard picks it up. I think they'll be favorite. But for me, I think it is. Either gonna be it's I think France is the head and shoulders, like they're kinda like if you had to put your money somewhere, you're gonna put it on them. Yeah. And that'd go the Dutch, mm-hmm. England and Belgium are all kind of I think the Netherlands one changes now that Van Dyke's out. I yeah, I, I think Dijk, they were actually had a really good chance up until the Van Dyke injury. It sucks, but I mean it'll be good to see. Hopefully we get some good results. But yeah, I think it's kind I mean, of he might be able to come back. He might I mean Depay did it, right? He would have been yeah. back for the Euros this year. So I that's mean, even with COVID and delayed surgery times, PT and all that. But mm-hmm. I think Virgil's built, bro. <laughs> he could come back sooner than eight months, dude. Yeah, yeah I think exactly. it'll more it'll be like six, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, I agree, Sam. I think France, and then I had the Netherlands, um, and then I'd say England, and then maybe Belgium. But England and Belgium can switch. I like Poland as a dark horse as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what like their center, but like they don't really have. Like, I don't think they have many good center backs. Got like Glick, but I. He's getting old. Yeah, and I don't think you can ever count out Leva. I'm trying to think what I feel like we're missing a country. Spain. If Spain, I, yeah. Spain would be pretty Portugal. good. I mean, Portugal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Portugal. it'll be a really good Euros. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think, think Portugal's going to be. Pulls. 
pulls one out of the bag, man. Mm-hmm. I think Portugal is basically just Wolves with uh, Ronaldo and Bruno added to them. Yeah, it pretty much is. Yeah, that's crazy. But, I mean, rest in peace, Cristiano and uh, Ruben Diaz. Yeah, dude. Oh, well, did did he get COVID too? No, he's at City. Oh, what do you mean, rest in peace, Ronaldo. Oh. Homie's gonna be COVID in like an dude, hour. Like two percent body oh, fat. Yeah, I was yeah, talking that... about this over the weekend <laughs> with my dad. I was like, Ronaldo is one of the most like physically fit people athletes. He's gonna have COVID like an hour. Yeah, COVID's literally gonna go straight through his system. He's gonna take. Like a he's got a cold for twenty minutes. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, my throat itched. Aha, COVID gone. There, I don't know, man. These first-hand accounts of COVID, like it fucks your body, dude. It like depends. he's gonna be in the gut. He's gonna be in a in the fucking gutter for a few days at least. Oh. Probably not yeah, as bad or as long as most people. He's gonna be in the fucking gutter. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know. My my girlfriend's roommate got COVID and. Five days later, had no symptoms and tested negative, and she said all she had was like a runny nose. So I don't it's know. I a lot, but she's I think Ronaldo's gonna be just fine. I think it'll be fine too. He's built different. Mm. It literally is, dude. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so speaking on the whole COVID thing, um, we've apparently I haven't really seen it much on social media, but I can't remember who said it. But one of our fellow pundits said, "Is having an international break during a it was me make." Yeah, Thomas was saying he saw it on Twitter. Like, is this a good idea? Like, because if you guys don't know, like, international break is when every league. I mean, I, actually, I don't know if it's every league, but players leave on international. Most of the top five leagues, at least. Yeah, all the top all five. All the top leagues. five. And then like, if they're in the MLS or somewhere else, they leave on international duty, which means they report to camp for their international team. So, for instance, Jaden Sancho, who plays in Germany, reports for international duty, comes to England. For you just two had to bring up Sancho, didn't you? Yeah, I did because he's Whatever. one of he's one of the only English players that hey, what's a good English player. Why else? What? Anyway, Why can so, we not yeah. For instance, and then Carlos Vela for Mexico. I personally am a fan of Jordan Sancho. Jordan Sancho, good job, man. Jordan Sancho. Jaden Sancho. <laughs> I don't know why I keep calling him Jordan. I know, but anyway, I apologize, Jaden. It's crazy. So, like, is that a good idea? Like having him? No. What are you guys saying? It's no, kind of, I think it's not clearly it's it. not. Clearly, yeah. I mean, the, clearly the best player in the world got COVID. You're just taking all these oh, players who best player in the world. Oh, whoa, whoa, Messi. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. the players in the world. Who's who's better? Who's better than Ronaldo? Messi. Messi. Sorry. Messi, no doubt. Uh, Messi would be a Ronaldo Messi. guy, huh? I would say, I would say, yeah. I would say, Messi is more fun to watch, but on paper, Ronaldo. Thomas, why aren't you supporting your fellow short king? Well, I think uh, I, I won't entertain these better, these silly so. ideas of Messi being better than Ronaldo. Thomas. You're the only person that all, thinks that. All these silly, silly ideas. Supporting your fellow short king. God damn it! If my fellow short king, yeah, and Messi. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's fun to watch. He's very fun to watch. He's much more entertaining, I would say. But Ronaldo is what? the better player. Uh, what? What you? Okay, you said on paper. Ronaldo is better. the better individual player on How? paper. Yes. How? Oh, God. oh my God, we could have a whole fucking episode. Do you seriously want to go into this right now? You seriously want to go into fucking Ronaldo versus Messi? No, maybe, not maybe not we'll do that now. as a topic for next yeah, episode. Not, but, not now, not now, not now. Yeah, but maybe we'll do that as a topic for next episode. I agree. That's, I think that'd be fucking, really. Good. We need yeah, to. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. For next make, we can make a thirty-minute episode on Messi versus Ronaldo. Yeah, that's that's a long topic. Let's just we can do it. Back back to the point. That's the question. You're taking these players who have been basically isolating and in a basically what's a bubble uh in between their camp and home and you're taking them and you're sending them all to one place to play all all over europe to play 
with different groups of players that play in different leagues in different countries. They're playing, they're spending all this time together. They're not like distance from each other or anything. And then you're sending them all back. Yeah. Of course, of course, COVID's going to spread in that. Of course it is. And all the trainers involved with the national teams, they have their own jobs and all the staff members, like they're all traveling with the teams. It's hundreds of people who don't normally interact, thousands probably, who don't normally interact. Yeah. I think all it's, the staff. Well, I'll, bunch, go ahead, Michael. It's a bunch of unnecessary contacts between players. And there are choices that need to be made. And right now, I think the only choice that should have been made was that Champions League soccer should be allowed. Mm-hmm. That should be the only interleague. I agree. Play. That should be allowed right now. It's limiting it to its minimal potential as long as you keep European soccer. But international break isn't necessary right now. You can postpone that another six months. Yeah, uh, Nations League is not essential so by yeah, any means. Euros will be in six months. Yeah, the I Euros they need. They still don't have the qualification team. So what do you, you think they? And should then the World Cup is the summer after. So you're you gonna push all just, of that back again? Well, no, I'm saying they can't push back the Euros, and they won't. Do you think they, they should? Already did. The Euros are more no. important, though. They won't do it again. Did you say the Euros aren't important? Are more, he said. Oh, are more. No. So what I'm saying is the the nation league is what qualifies teams for the Euros. So are you guys saying that they should just no and void right now? Just end it. Whoever's in the places gets it, and then just cut it off completely. So nations league would end. As is, so it'd be England, Denmark, whoever's in their group, the top two, top three, whatever it is, move into spots. Everyone else, see you later. You don't even get to play your next. Like, I think there's probably at least five more games. How how many qualification spots are left? Um, I'm not sure. I have to look. But, I mean, it's 64 teams, and there's – here, I'll look at the group standings very quickly. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Euros get cut down to 48 or something. Well, you, know? well, you guys do that. I'll play devil's ad- advocate here. So – why, like, I why are not all of these teams in different countries not in protocol already? Because if they're doing this and they're all they're all in protocol, so like every team in England, every team in Germany, whatever, and they're flying back and forth, you'd assume that all these big countries and teams would all be having like systems in place, knowing that they're traveling. So why do they not just create like a bubble for these games? Oh, like like the NBA bubble. You know what I mean. Because realistically, if they're all in a bubble and doing what they're supposed to do, isolating, you'd think that traveling like this, even though they've all, you know, they're getting tested regularly, like this shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Actually, looking at, don't, I wouldn't quote me on this, but looking from the, the last game week is actually in November. So that's probably why they're not, they actually really could push this back. So, each team's played four games already, and it looks like they'll go yeah. more. Yeah. But the thing is, like, like to say, like right now, if you're going to end this null and void right this second, England wouldn't be in the Euros. England <laughs> and Denmark are tied on seven because it's Belgium, Denmark, England, and Iceland. So Iceland have zero points. Belgium have nine. So it's just like, it's really like, what? What are your thoughts? Like, what are we? What would you do? I just think there's. There has to be a better way to do it. There has to well, be a better way to go about it. Like, because are they just gonna in another four or five weeks? Are we just gonna have another international break? And well, I was gonna, just gonna, yeah, yeah. So I would say, why don't they just cancel though? Can't like end it now. The teams that are tied in points take the international break that was supposed to happen and go and play like in a bubble then and have them isolate and then reschedule the league games. Mm. 
I was gonna say too, like why not just put all the international breaks together? Like why not yeah. have a bubble for two, th- two, three yeah. weeks, and then have these national teams yeah, play, that, that play, with the Champions play League all, of, yeah, play all of their games. Like that's have, what I'm saying. You know, have a little break from league soccer. Yeah, okay, so this tournament, and just do it all at once. Okay, so they they literally did it like COVID wasn't a thing. Yeah. Okay, so the tournament, the last match day, there's match day six, which is the 17th of November. Or eight, yeah, seventeenth, eighteenth. Is that the last one? Those two days are the last match weeks, and then it goes into the tournament style. So it goes into the sixteen. So I mean, I don't really know how it's going to work. But the thing is, do you think they're just UEFA's just kind of sitting here like there's going to be a vaccine soon? It's not a serious threat to any of these players. So let's be let's be real. Like a professional soccer player gets COVID, they're not really gonna like we were saying. Ronaldo is probably just gonna pee it out in a day and be fine. Yeah, but Ronaldo is different. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I know it's Ronaldo, but like, you think about it, all these players. But but, but is there other players? I mean, I'm sure some of them have conditions yeah. that are gonna make but, COVID literally life threatening. Yeah, know? but is this what we like? Is this what UEFA is thinking? Like, oh, they're professional players; they're in peak. They like, shouldn't be. That's yeah, I know. But yeah, they shouldn't. I mean, these soccer players aren't expendable. That you sounds got, like a European line of thinking. Yeah, and, but yeah, for real. Like, and also, there's all the staff involved too. It's not just professional. Yeah, soccer. I know, but this, there's staff you know members. Saying cash grab cup, crash cab. This this makes money for UEFA, and in the midst of this, you think it's just the point that like, oh, we can't afford to stop doing this. Uh, I think there's other ways to make even more money for it, though, because with the way that Michael was saying, just have a bubble for two, three weeks, play everything, you could market the fuck mm-hmm. out of that. And people like would Euro eat it. Oh, yeah. I would be a fucking sucker oh. at that, sitting on my fucking TV. Yeah, it's like a mini Euros. Yeah, it's a mini Euros to qualify for Euros. It's Hell yeah, perfect. dude. And you could have, Uh-oh. and it, it worked out so well, too, because you could have everyone in the same spot, use, like, three venues, switch those out. I don't know. It works. There are opportunities, but you're right. It's the money. It's the money. It's, it's the really, quickest way that they could get the money now. Yeah, they didn't want to wait. After the next international break, which is in November, after that, I don't know when the games start up again for the round of 16 and all that, but it could honestly just be them like, okay, we'll leave it. Like, they're allowed to play. We'll get it done. And then they could just be waiting until by the time a vaccine gets approved in whatever country <laughs> or they just, they're just going to expedite that and just go on with it. So maybe it's just about for them keeping the momentum of things starting back up. They just don't want to close down again. Is having an international break amongst the global pandemic a good idea? No. No. Thank no. You no. no. It's just not necessary. It's not it's unnecessary. unnecessary. It's There's other ways to go about it. You can, they have standings right it. now. They can figure out how to limit the games. At, at the worst, they can figure yeah. out how to limit the games. And there's only two games left, so I think it's kind of like... It's completely unnecessary. It's an expendable thing. They could play those two games two weeks before the Euros mm-hmm. if they really want to. Or they exactly, could play those but, two games exactly. last weekend. Well, not before the Euros, but they could, they could save them and do it all within probably a six weeks ago. even with even four weeks out from the euros they could play it probably not but i mean they you don't think go, so no they still have time to push it back but i don't think they can get too close they don't have that much flexibility anymore they already pushed it back a year so i mean we'll see how it goes but i don't know it'll be interesting to see it just depends what happens in the coming months i mean it's all it's all made up they can no. play it whenever yeah <laughs> it's really just not in terms of like protocol and stuff it kind of like, but Nations League, I'm saying they could they yeah. could push that back until four, Na- four yeah. weeks out before the Euros. That gives all the teams plenty of time to prepare. They couldn't because then they have to play 
each team has to play two more games, and then those remaining 16, which are going to be the favorites for the Euros, have to play a round a 16-team tournament. And it would just yeah, – everyone would be burnt out. And they could have that end four weeks out from the Euros, and it wouldn't okay. be an issue. All Maybe. the teams would have time to prepare. Maybe. Okay, I thought you were saying they start it four weeks out. I was like, oh. No, the games are done four weeks out. That gives all the teams plenty of time to prepare. Maybe, yeah, I mean – Flights even set up COVID restri- or regulations or protective measures. That gives them plenty of time. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, boys. Well, I think thank you guys for tuning in this episode. That's all we got for today. Covered the Premier League. We talked about some international stuff and kind of how COVID is affecting everything. So that's all we got for today. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys on episode 11. If you guys wanted to continue the conversation, head over to Pundits Podcast on Twitter. Again, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Deuces.